All right. Awesome. You're on. There we go. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really nice to be here with you again. I, it's great to be here with you too. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. I actually do have the the thing up the channel. So, so yeah. Awesome. Well, it's been a while since we've, we've talked. (laughs) What's new in your world? Oh my goodness. Well, I think. Okay. My. Okay. You got a delay there. I have a delay. <laughs> Is it still doing it? <laughs> That's super annoying. Okay. Um. So, wait a minute. Yeah, the delay is like speaking back to me. Okay, there we go. Um. Yeah. So, what's new in my world? So we've launched. Yes. Yes. Hold on. I might actually have to. Yes. Yes. Let me get out of. Okay. I think I have. Okay, I got out of a live stream. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear oh, okay. me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I might have to the delay. I like hear myself talking back to myself. Oh, that's okay. so funny. That's super annoying. 30 yeah. seconds later. Anyhow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, what's new in our world? So critical therapy antidote. So interestingly, I was on TMZ a couple of weeks ago, and um it was an interesting, very quick few seconds, a few minutes maybe spot talking about the wokeism and whatnot. So I was able to plug CTA. I didn't feel like it was, I, I had said all, all, you know, too, too much in general, it was really short and I kind of barely got it in. However, what I found out later is that there was some traffic to the site mm. after that interview. So to the CTA site? To the CTA site. And so that's criticaltherapyantidote.org. Antidote.org. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. And mm-hmm. so that was interesting because Val had told me that a few people mentioned, you know, that they had seen this clip and, and wanted to get in touch with not necessarily me, but just what we're doing as an organization. So I mm-hmm. thought, okay, well, my, and interestingly, after that, I had a conversation with uh, real time with Bill Maher. Oh, cool. Um, so the segment, one of his segment producers spoke to me and she had said that they had followed kind of all the podcasts we've done. So I'm sure they've seen you too. And they wanted to know a little bit more about what I had to, you know, what I had to say. And there's a really intense vetting process that kind of goes into that. I and bet. I didn't know yeah. that. Okay. Um, so, I mean, we're talking about, you know, from the time that, you know, I was a child and my, my parents' immigration story up until now mm-hmm. and all of the sort of changes and things that came along the way. So it was, it, it was interesting. So that's what um, they I, talked about with you. yeah so yeah 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 it was um kind of I mean it was a vetting they wanted your whole bio basically they wanted my entire bio they wanted to they wanted to know how I came to see the world the way that I did oh wow and how I came to see the profession the way that I did how Mm -hmm. I came to see you know all of these components and so I love that they did all that vetting uh but it's you know then that gets then sent back to bill hmm. by his producer and then they I think they figure out what they want to do and not do and whatnot so oh, maybe a few weeks or or so before there's any news on whether or not them but I guess I mean the good part I guess there's many good pieces here but one p- component is the the shift from this kind of radical left and, and I don't think Bill Maher was that radical anyhow he always had I think a more centrist view I that's mm-hmm. just how I had seen him I don't know but um, if that's been the case his whole career, but I did feel as though he was kind of a little bit, just based on some of the comments he made about certain, anyhow. Mm-hmm. So I, I've seen some things he said recently, just some clips. I'm not, I don't really follow the show like regularly mm-hmm. or anything, but I've seen some clips and I've been impressed with his take. Seems really yes. grounded and reasonable. Yes. And I think that's, yes. And I think that's very promising. So mm-hmm. Other than that, uh, we've just tried to, we're, you know, we're doing this podcast for Critical Therapy Antidote to launch. The book will, will, will be launched, I believe, or pu- available for purchase, I want to say on March 6th. Would you say a little more about the book specifically? Yes. In case people haven't heard of what that is. Yes. It's called Cynical Therapies. Okay. Um, 
gosh, why do I forget all the subtitle there? Uh, cynical therapies, um, the anti-therapeutic nature of social or critical social justice. Okay. Oh, that's lines. a good, that's a good title. Yes. And then there's, so the people that contributed to the book are all psychologists, academics, some are practicing mm -hmm. in the field and some are researchers. There's a couple of people that were professors, but I believe I was the only one who wrote about Antioch in particular. I, I wrote about teaching from mm -hmm. the from the perspective of somebody who went to the same school 15 years prior and then came back to teach. So mm -hmm. that was my section, but most of the other chapters, I mean, really phenomenal people are part of the organization. So, you know, people that are uh, you know, still doing their own research, academic minded mm -hmm. intellectual people my pot my co-host you know yahoo's very intellectual himself mm -hmm. so i think my role has been to try to take all of that and put it into a layperson mm -hmm. view and mm -hmm. to kind of let's have a, a rooted understanding of this from somebody who's not immersed in the psychological world because all those concepts and you know these topics can get very heady mm -hmm. yeah. so I think that's what I try to bring to it um, because that's the way I, I teach and it's the way I understand it mm -hmm. so if I'm thinking that something that maybe isn't as clear to me is being said I want to you know ask to mm -hmm. expand a little Clarify. bit yeah yeah but yeah. it's also edited which is good so we can make a little bit of, you know, we have snafus and we can say, hey, let's do that again. Yeah. And yeah. so that works pretty well, but no, it's going to be great. We're, we're going to be rolling it out um, over, you know, the next several weeks as the podcast or as the book is also coming out. It's really just I can't wait both. to read this. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, I have the manuscript. It's absolutely phenomenal. I have to tell you, there are, there are chapters in there. I, they, a couple of people in there address the kind of the white male getting totally, you know, sort of hammered, for lack yeah, of a better yeah, clinical word, yeah. in this environment. They actually went there. And okay. I was so impressed to see that yeah. and to see that people were going, you know, were able to broach that topic mm -hmm. in the book, that these people were willing to discuss this and to make comments about that because that's extremely taboo right now, obviously. Mm -hmm. And they were willing to kind of, stand up for everybody having a seat at the table here, not mm -hmm. just this one, you know, group that's oppressed by another anyhow. So I, I, was, that's fantastic I was because it feels like that's almost an untouchable area right now. Completely untouchable. And, and that yes. there shouldn't be untouchable areas when we're talking yes. about human psychology, we should be able yes. to put it all on the table. Yes. Mm -hmm. 100%. And that's exactly what that, that is which also helped me understand why it was hard to get a publisher and that, you know, CTA mm -hmm. Val Thomas, who had CTA had to, had to self-publish. Did she? That, okay. It made, yeah, it mm -hmm. self made sense to me initially. I wasn't sure why it mm -hmm. was so difficult, but when I saw that those components were in there, I understood why these mainstream publishers would kick that back and say, thanks, but no thanks. We mm -hmm. love the book. We love what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And you know, we and, don't want to necessarily, yeah, we can't, we can't be associated yeah. with. Some yeah. Of wow. Yeah. Wow. It's, so, it's a strange time to be, uh, you know, I mean, you would think that we wouldn't be here with this silencing of ideas. Yes. It's so, uh, 1984. <laughs> it's so 1984 Orwellian, all of yeah. that. And it's shocking. So I, I just, I, it was a breath of fresh air to be able to talk to some of these people who actually talked about and wrote about that and why suicidality in males was so high, how mm -hmm. the CC, or I'm sorry, how the critical social justice component might play a role in that. I mean, there, we've had just some really brilliant conversations. Wow. So, that, is, that is interesting right there. That the, yes. the, the component that critical social justice might have to do, might have in the elevation of suicide in white males mm -hmm. I in think their that's, 40s and so you you go into that on the podcast with so we go into that on the oh, podcast that's, yeah. yes so the authors uh who wrote about well they're I mean a, some some co-authored chapters and some people wrote their own 
but yes, we went into that a little bit and it, it's good. It, it was hard to not, it was hard to stay focused on the book and not just launch into, you know, the, the, the issues at large and how we got here, yeah, uh, but actually I just bet. keep it focused, you know, yeah. which, which we'll do. I mean, there's just so much to do. There's so much to say that we'll be able to do that in the future. But um, it turned out that, you know, I mean, we were recording, I think, expecting 15 to 20 minute episodes at the most. And we recorded for over an hour for each person. So you know, then we had to go so back and cut it. it yeah. Short. Yeah. Did you, are you cutting them down to that, like 15 to 20 and making them bite? Yeah. Size? Okay. Uh, yeah. You're probably I, losing I think, a lot of good material. Yeah. So I think the first, the first cut, I think was of the first couple episodes was in the 30 to 35 minutes or to okay. 40 minute range. Mm-hmm. And I think we kind of came to a conclusion that if it was engaging and rich enough, people were going to listen and they would stay engaged. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's not be rigid about mm-hmm. the, the time frame. I think the challenge is just to make sure that the material that's in there uh, from author to author gives different perspectives mm-hmm. on different parts of this movement or this infiltration, if you will. I think that's going to be the challenge or that's going to be the challenge for us. Um, and also, you know, it's so easy to go into the, the weeds on all of these topics, especially because I can relate, you know, as a, as a former professor, I guess myself, I can relate a lot to some of the things that, that, that came up and what I watched what I watch, like these white males, how I watched them devolve into utter emotional turmoil and madness, total trauma mm-hmm. and total bullying and all of that. So there's a lot of it where I'm jumping in and saying, wow, I can totally see how that was happening. Mm-hmm. This is what's going on, yeah. what was going on for us. Anyway, so some of that's valuable. Some of it needs to be cut, but I you know, I, I really I like good, that. I think that the, the interchange, the dialogue is what is, is where things get really interesting. Honestly. Yes. I don't yes. think I, I find a dialogue more interesting than a monologue, Yes, you know, hundred percent. And I think that's what we try and that's what we've tried to create. And I think trying to balance has been the big thing, you know, and I, I, look, this is one of the reasons that people liked taking my classes is that I was always very down to earth. I will take a very complicated term and break it down into, you know, t- t- tell it to me like I'm eight years old kind mm-hmm, of a thing mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I think is makes it accessible but that's how I learn best and mm-hmm. so for me that's kind of the role I've taken is just I'm with these people that in some way I mean they've accomplished so much and even so much more than I have mm-hmm. I mean just so mm-hmm. much more mm-hmm. that the approach I've had to take is to say okay well you know let me help make this accessible let me do mm-hmm. what I did as a teacher and what I did as an educator what I love to do is to take that information and to make it accessible by just using common you know lay people language mm-hmm. and so I think that's because if if I hadn't have done that I mean I was quite amazed and and just taken aback by the amount of just academic uh, and academically minded people that we were interviewing that mm-hmm. I almost felt like gosh do I belong here like should I oh. even be in this kind of a role uh because these people have done so much more mm-hmm. uh, there's sort of imposter syndrome yeah, uh, that I'm very familiar with. Anyhow, so I'm being very open here about that. No, but no, yeah, that's, that's something everybody was, feels to some yeah. extent, especially in professions that are so uh, there's you know such hierarchical, you know, yes, ranking. There's, yes, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. and there's so much competition, mm-hmm. and I saw that a lot, even in Antioch, the competition with these with the academics at that level. Mm-hmm. was extremely uh I mean it was it was just tenacious and mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. almost in a, in a way it sort of stepped you up to feel I don't know I I had to d- disconnect a little bit from that to be able to teach and this is not just about Antioch and wokeism this is about teaching and the world of psychology and the difference between getting your doctorate versus your master's. And that mm-hmm. may not be very interesting to, you know, the average person well, here, but it you know, plays a role a lot. I think that it does. You're expected. Absolutely. And I think that what you're, con- you're contributing there is really valuable because for one thing, you are one of those people to a lot of people, you know, 
a lot of people are well this is a college professor this is a this is a person of great esteem and i'm intimidated to be speaking to this person yes. who has this expertise and this knowledge and these experiences um, but then also you have this ability to break things down in a very grounded way Thank you. and those reflections that you provide when you're speaking to one of these these people who are even more sort of inaccessible and, yes and um and academic seeming yes providing that reflection builds a bridge for all of the rest of us to sort of see and understand and kind of hear you process it because your reflection is going to add something as well it's going to add yes. your, your synthesis of the information and so I think that's a really great contribution. Thank you. Thank you. That's mm -hmm. what I hoped. I mean, I, I had to find my role uh, in this and what is it that I need? To, what, is, what is it that I have to bring to the table? And it's mm -hmm. not going to be all the extra research and it's not going to be all of the extra, you know, experience, but it's going to be that. It's the synthesis of the information to mm -hmm. make it accessible and digestible. And interestingly enough, that was um, one of the first evals I got when I was teaching at Antioch was thank you for making very difficult, complicated information digestible for us, mm -hmm. because I tried to bring a lot of real life, you know, uh, examples mm -hmm. to make people, to help people really understand what we were doing. So, yeah. well, that's so much more interesting than dry data. I think so. I mean, I hope so. You know, I that, think it that, really is. Yeah, I appreciate that. I also think we've had an over-reliance, and I know I say this a lot, but I think we've had, we've built a culture of over-reliance on experts and, and this sort of sense that, you know, oh, I'm just me. I, this, this, this thing you're talking about with imposter syndrome, um, this, who am I to say, who am I to think, who am I to make this decision? I should let the experts decide. It's kind of like the science is settled, you know, these kind of catchphrases that we hear like, oh, somebody's smarter than you already thought about this. And, yes. and now you just have to go along and yes. line and you're at, and like the critical social justice model, it's this over simple, overly simple, yes. like this is how race works. This is how gender works. Just swallow it whole. Yes. Don't question it. You're not smart enough to question it because we said so. It's this really like authoritarian mom because i said so kind of model yes. and i i i really want to see a move away from that and it, going back to trusting our own intuition and our gut instinct because i think our trust in experts has been really used against us yes in recent years in a lot of ways and i don't know hearing somebody hearing somebody sort of do the work. I think there's a couple of people that I think of right off the top of my head. Uh, Jordan Peterson is one. Yes. He's somebody he's a, he's a brilliant man. He's very educated, very, he has all the academic qualifications. And the thing that makes him so fascinating to listen to is how he shows his work, how he like goes through the process of thinking in this really, um, this really unguarded way, which yes. shows you the behind the scenes of somebody coming to conclusions about things. Yes. And you realize that that's kind of the thought that we, we all take this stumbling yes. thought process. And then somebody else I think of is honestly Joe Rogan. Oh, yes. When I listen to him talk to guests, <laughs> he shows this intellectual curiosity where he's not afraid to say, oh, I don't know that. Would you tell yes. me about it? And I think yes. that there's all this posturing that people do in yes. conversation. Oh yeah, I know so-and-so, or I know that I read that book yes. or whatever it is. And people like this name dropping kind of thing. Yes. And, and you hear him just be honest yes. about where he, where he's ignorant. And I love yes. that because it models, you know, that we all come from wherever we come and we can have curiosity and be open to thing to new information, but we yes. still get to synthesize it ourselves. Yes. It's, you know, it's my reaction to Joe Rogan is because, so Yako, who's my co-host for this podcast, absolutely, just really respects him quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And I think has used Joe Rogan, maybe his style or just some, okay. some component of how he is and, and has, has really brought that into, it served mm -hmm. as somewhat of a framework. I, I don't think it's exact, and we're not doing exactly the same thing, but, mm -hmm. uh, that's one of the people that, you know, I think he, he really 
respects and admires in terms of how he's put his podcast together. So that influence is certainly brought into our conversations mm -hmm. as, as well. And I think that's why. And I think that's part of what he and I talked about too, is that, you know, it's okay to just say, I don't understand. That's very heady. Can you please make it make sense for me? Yeah. And that's, in, that's the important, you know, part that I think, and it's, 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 I think again, why I loved teaching. I mean, it was mm -hmm. a challenge and I liked taking that on and I liked being able to say, I don't know. And sometimes in class, I would say, you know, all these words and jargon, here's what it boils down to. And, you know, just here, you know, one, one sentence mm -hmm. that just sort of encapsulates an entire mm -hmm. concept. Mm -hmm. not to take away from the levels of complexity that we talk about inside school and all that, but to be able to, again, make it make sense to me. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. one example would be the trauma lens. You know, I used to talk about the fact that, you know, your lens through which you see the world, you know, if we're teaching about trauma, those lenses, you know, are created from your experience, you know, how, how broken your lens is, you know, mm -hmm. are you wearing rose colored glasses, but mm -hmm. in an uh, obviously a, in a more in-depth way. So, you know, I would give examples that we've all seen a million times. How does trauma play out every single day in your life? Okay. You know, you have a partner or you're in a relationship and, you know, you're, you're married or with somebody and, you know, you spill milk on the floor accidentally, and then somebody gets frustrated, you know, their person gets frustrated and asks you if you can, you know, kind of wipe that up because they've got their hands full and then automatically, you know, your trauma lens mm -hmm, may mm -hmm. hear that, please clean that up and interpret it as, oh my gosh, they're being critical of me mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you are trying to put me down. And why do you always tell me I'm mm -hmm. making mistakes? And why do you always tell me this? And mm -hmm. that in all of a sudden there's my critical dad in my ear, you know, that mm -hmm. I'm now never good enough. And a huge fight for, you know, it yeah. explodes from something that was actually just misinterpreted right. because the trauma lens, the filter mm -hmm. or glasses that we see the world, our lens, distorted what that person actually was trying to say, which is please just clean that up. That's yeah. a simple non-threatening, uh, uh, you know, ask of another person. Anyhow. So I used to use yeah, examples that's a like that a metaphor. lot. I think that's really great. Cause it sort of gives you a visual um, yeah. Yes. Perspective. Yeah. Yes. Because mm -hmm. the, you know, people would say, well, I don't, I didn't have some major big, you know, sexual abuse history mm -hmm. and whatnot. Yeah. So how could I, how could my trauma be pulling out in a relationship? And in couples work, you know, you always want to know how people grew up, how those two partners, you know, develop their own um, view on the world where that came from, because it mm -hmm. impacts the way they relate mm -hmm. to each other, et cetera, and all those things that go with it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so yeah. I would try to do that with these concepts and, and really break them down mm -hmm. and use those things as an example. And that was the kind of stuff that used to get people to understand, I think, and, mm -hmm. and create good conversation because they started to say, wow, I can see how I do that. I can see how the way that sounds is interpreted in one way for me and mm -hmm. might have meant something else from the person who was delivering the yeah. message. Right. So, yeah, you know, you have the person delivering it and then you internalizing then the it yeah. and the receiver making sense of it, et cetera. Anyhow. So yeah. that's teeny little, so I try to stay uh, with that and feel as though that's the contribution I can give is to make it make sense. Um, so anyhow, uh, I don't know. I want kind of to go over off, to the but... chat real quick and see. So um, William Joyner, thank you. That's really sweet of you. Um, Mark Cavendish says, so sad. I think we're talking about earlier when we were talking about the rates of suicide increasing. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, S. Coville 7. I think that's what your, how to read your username. Thank you. You say, I don't see the need to keep things short. And I, I kind of agree with that, you know, I, I, but then again, you know, everybody has their different, the different way that they want to do things. So I, I, I tend to agree with that because I like sure. longer conversations, but I also do have kind of a, a sense when I'm talking with people that I, I want to try to keep it under an hour usually, because I feel like maybe that's a, yeah. that's a chunk people are expecting, but you know, yeah. Um, and then Jay Bourne says, everything has become a prioritization of credentials with complete disregard to the substance behind them. Uh, and I, there it is. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think I agree. The credentialism. Yes. And it's been something that I've um, <clears throat> kind of grappled with myself as I'm trying to decide what can I salvage a career out of sure. out of a, an almost master's degree? And how do I go forward? Do I do I need credentials? Do I need this and that? And I've kind of come to that same decision that the substance behind something is more important than the credentials. And anyway, that's a that's a yes. long discussion, but I, I can say that I can relate. And then 100%. Byzantine Ladybug says, not all mental illness is trauma-based and putting that burden on clients is unfair and is a form of gaslighting. And I, I think that's uh, true. And I'll let Christine respond to that. Mm -hmm. But I think sure. that um, she's also just, just to preface that coming from a perspective of teaching about trauma. Yes, so that's correct. where that's coming from. But I'll correct. let you go ahead and give a longer response. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the perspective. That's from the just the perspective of teaching um, mm -hmm. it because I used to teach intro to trauma. I used to teach traumatic grief and loss. So I taught a couple of courses that focused specifically on that. Mm -hmm. And that was where we, they needed to, you know, they needed to understand how, how someone's worldview comes to be and how it becomes shattered in a sense. Okay. Why we have these assumptions, essentially why we might have these assumptions, how trauma might contribute to that. So the, the focus of the course wasn't really of those courses. It wasn't even on diagnosing. It was on understanding how trauma in childhood, early childhood, through, you know, all those developmental years, more so than even adult, more so than even experiencing a traumatic event as an adult. I mean, we were talking about how you shape your worldview as a child and through that lens, when you've experienced X amount of traumas, how that plays out in your daily life. So it was about trauma and we needed mm -hmm. to understand mm -hmm. it in that context, more so than it being about diagnosing or some mental mm -hmm. health issues or just labeling everybody as having trauma and that's right. it. I used to joke around in class a lot and say, hey, to be a human is to experience trauma. And yeah. that was a joke kind of thing I'd loosely say, but mm -hmm. um, I didn't have a lot of diagnosing in my classes for that reason, actually. Mm -hmm. um, I just didn't do that. There, there are a couple of times where we're sort of required as part of the course, you know, the, the curriculum standards for the states, you know, essentially, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I avoided that as much as possible because I don't think it's so easy and it's very complicated for people to, to really have, kind of, we, we love to sort of bottom, you know, jump to a bottom line here because it helps us solve a problem and you can't solve people. And right. I think that's something that is really misunderstood when mm -hmm. people are starting to go to therapy and when mm -hmm. people are starting to learn in class to be a therapist mm -hmm. is there's not a pro we are not problems to fix I've never had that approach maybe some have but that's not been me but I we are there that's to a really interesting point to make it's yeah yeah simply put but it's a really it's a really good point yeah you know we're just we're dynamic right? mm -hmm. you know we're, we have a lot of pieces to our puzzle and we have a lot of mm -hmm. pieces to the quilt yeah. Of life, I guess. So anyhow, um, well, she, she comes back in Byzantine ladybug and says, okay, my apologies. I'm coming in a bit. No, late. Hey, no, no need to apologize at all. It's just no. Apologies and, and things, at I mean, all. It's yeah, important, this, you know, this live stream thing is kind of fun. It's just kind of yeah. loose and oh, you know, I'm trying to remember to record them so that I can put them back up on the channel afterwards, yes. because yes. it's hard when you go to the channel, you, you don't see the lives under videos. You have to go yes. live. So yes. they stay up under live, but then I'll, I'll upload them as videos later. But the live format means that you might come in at any point in a conversation and not definitely not know what was said before. Yeah. So it makes total sense. And, and Absolutely. yeah, I, I think that in pop psychology, trauma is a concept that's being overused quite a bit and we're hearing yes. it all the time. And it, it's sort of, um, you're right. I mean, that, that, that little note that you make about oh, as human beings, we all experience trauma. I think that's an interesting Thing to discuss because yeah we all experience things that are shocks to the system and painful and you know to whatever extent and then there's trauma in terms of like diagnostic post-traumatic stress disorder and what is the yes. trauma that is yes. significant enough to merit certain diagnoses yes. and, and so there's this whole the whole uh, concept is very muddy I think yes and it is. I don't know. If I mean, if it. you go, yeah, it is muddy. And if you go by the diagnostic manual, the DSM, it doesn't, you know, the, the P, you know, PTSD and all these, mm -hmm. 
you know, the birth of that was from, you know, veterans, right? That's mm-hmm. where PTSD sort of started. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the you know, the, the, I don't know, this is, this is such a, I'm on the fence about this particular topic a lot, because in one way, I want to say that we dismiss a lot of things that have happened to us uh, as, as that were traumatic. We dismiss them because mm-hmm. we just don't, we think sometimes of trauma as being, you know, chronically sexually abused by somebody mm-hmm. or, you know, being living in a war zone. I don't, whatever it is where you're constantly, you know, trying to save your life and all that. Yeah. Most people, you know, um, have experienced some level of, of pain and sorrow or traumatic events. Um, I don't think it should be used as an excuse. I don't know if excuse is the right word. It shouldn't be used as the backdrop of the reason why your life is what it is. Well, like an over identification with your over. Yes. Okay. An over identification with the trauma. That's Mm -hmm. exactly what I think I want to say. And I think that's where it gets muddy because it's one thing to say and acknowledge I've experienced these things. They were traumatic for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had, you know, my mother got sick when I was very young. There's a lot of things in yeah. that whole process mm-hmm. that, that were very traumatic. And now I have my dad who has Alzheimer's and mm-hmm. 25 years later, and I'm all, you know, feeling totally acting up old things for sure. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's just natural. I wouldn't yeah. necessarily look at myself as being in this category of leading with, you know, my trauma or trauma informing my decisions. It's just mm-hmm. pulling up it's just a natural process where I'm naturally going to think about my mom mm-hmm. when I was 20 something years old and in graduate school and she was dying. So mm-hmm. it, it I, you know, so there's one thing to over identify with it. It's something else to totally dismiss it altogether. Right. You know, there's yeah. certain people that'll never watch that. There's certain people that'll never watch, you know, a loved a one kind of die and go through all those stages of death. And I'm mm-hmm. not talking even about my father. I'm talking about actually my mom. That was, yeah. it was yeah. very close with her. My yeah. father, as you were older. young. Yeah. So it's a whole different. And then there are people that are going to never be able to relate to having, you know, an authority figure or a parent or whatever, who's Mm -hmm. chronically abusing you and that you don't, you know, why don't you just, okay, DV, let's just talk about that for a second. Why you don't just leave the person. I don't understand why you can't just leave. So there's a lot of experiences that people are going to have different ways in which it affects them. I, I think it's, over-identification with the trauma and also under um, recognizing that what you've gone through may mm-hmm. have had some impact on how you are today. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a balancing mm-hmm. act, but I never liked the idea of survivor. I liked the idea of somebody who was resilient or resiliency mm-hmm. because you can't, j- just because you, you've gotten through one particular piece of trauma in your life, no one can promise you that's not going to happen again. We used to have kids that I, when I worked in grief, they'd come in and we'd have these children whose parents died in a horrible, awful way. And the, the, the urge was to tell the kid and promise them that'll never happen again. Mm. And then the kid's second parent would die. I had seen it more times than I can count. Mm. So those kids, you know, we can't oh, promise, you, so you can't hard. do that. Yeah, yeah, you cannot yeah. promise. You don't, you cannot, nothing is, nothing is promised. <laughs> nothing's promised tomorrow's not yeah. promised in two hours from now aren't promised. I mean, it's just, it's a really, you know, can, and I didn't, I didn't care for that either. So again, I think there's all these kind of moving pieces that uh, can uh, dismiss the nuance. And that's, again, just everything we're talking about kind of comes back again to nuance yes. and dismissing again, the uniqueness of something, how that impacts. Yeah. Impact yeah. You it's so and, true. You're talking about like this over here and this over here, but, but yeah, you know, we, we need to come back to the, yeah. the shades of gray. Yes. That, that, that most of life is in the gray. And mm-hmm. again, I used to, I used to tell my students all the time, like, well, Christine, what would you do if X, Y, and Z happened? Sometimes I'd say, well, I don't know yet. I, I don't know. I can't answer that right now. Cause I actually yeah. don't know. Let's think about this for a minute. Let's talk about it for a minute. But as a therapist and in life in general, there's black and white and very few things are black and white. There's like three or four, right. In our profession Mm -hmm. that are black and white, you know, you cannot harm or abuse somebody. You have to report if somebody's going to harm themselves Mm -hmm. or someone else, et cetera. That's it. There's all this gray that ebbs and flows in the middle. And if you cannot live within the gray in this profession, you're not going to be able to move forward in this profession. Mm-hmm. Because the uncertainty, and you've probably experienced this too, Leslie, even though, you know, you're, you, you know, you didn't continue as 
far in the time that you have. Just think about the people in your personal life, even like mm -hmm. let's forget about professionally. Life is more uncertain than it is certain most of the time. I mean, this is why when these things happen, mm -hmm. some major ha trauma happens to somebody, it's so painful because we don't live under that constant knowingness that this horrible thing mm -hmm. is going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. We just don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. That's kind of it. I'm sort of talking in circles, but my point oh, is uncertainty yeah. is anxiety provoking. Right, right. And that's what the gray is, is the living in the uncertainty. And if yeah. you can't do that, so you add the wokeness and all that to the profession and it makes it that yeah. much more difficult to do and all those, of this. These, those are these black and white things that are being brought in yes. right alongside of all yes. the gray. And it just, it's very confusing, but I, I can see how it's very um, comforting in some ways to have more black and white. So for, sure. for people who want more certainty and who are experiencing a lot of anxiety in an uncertain world, having those quick answers is, is interesting and, and helpful. Um, yes. More helpful than interesting, I guess. But um, yeah. the, the, what you said about trauma and how it influences the way that we develop as people, I, I kind of... I, there was this quote that I, I read a while back. I wish I remembered the quote. I wish I remembered who it was from, but I thought it was really beautiful. Maybe somebody will remember it and tell me, but um, it was about how um, when we go through a forest and we see the trees bend this way and that to reach the light, we don't think about them as being malformed and misshapen. Mm. And we see the forces of nature and the forces of growth, the pressures that, that growth put on them that bent them the way that they're bent so that they're not straight, but we don't yes. judge them and see them as wrong. And we're yes. the same way. And we have, we have all been shaped by the experiences that we've had, the positive and the negative. And I think that there's something really healing about acknowledging those things, but not living in them and dwelling in them either. So there's the, yes. that line between being compassionate to oneself without over identification or yes. dismissal and bypass of yes those things that we've experienced yes I love that mm -hmm. I love that because I'm just picturing myself and I've never heard that quote but I'm picturing myself kind of walking through a forest and seeing that mm -hmm. and just realizing that that's the uniqueness of what nature <laughs> yeah. um, has you know pr produced and mm -hmm we don't walk through with judgment on that tree being anything not good enough, not good enough tree or something that's mm -hmm. not beautiful yeah. in some we, way. In fact, they're more beautiful sometimes. Absolutely. Unique. Absolutely. And who, you know, there's a forest full of straight trees, but the one that's sure. a little curvy and interesting, I mean, there's something beautiful about it. Very. Mm -hmm. And it's still growing, you know, and that's the idea of the resilience mm -hmm. component. It's still, it's still there. It's still growing and thriving. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I, you know, that word resilience, it's so much more powerful to me than the word survivor, because mm -hmm. I, I, we've all been survivors, really, I, I mean, we survive day to day, and, and all this, are we thriving, that's a different question, and how do you thrive, what is resilience, it's not just about being a survivor, it's about being able to create a life for yourself that has some sort of meaning and purpose, mm -hmm. not over identify with your trauma, but be able to understand how that, mm -hmm. you know, past kind of connects to this bigger picture of who you are yeah. and how you might be that beautiful bended tree or whatever that's in the forest. And I'm not into cliches all that much, but I think that's, that one is such a beautiful way to imagine it because we can all relate, I think, to walking through a forest and seeing a bend in a tree that looks different and saying, oh, look at that. I wonder what happened. It's so mm -hmm. pretty. And pulling out your camera and taking some photos. There's something that's so powerful about that. That's a beautiful metaphor. Mm -hmm. um, I love what you say about survivor versus resilient, like those two, yes. those two words and those two concepts, because survivor, it's like a backwards facing term. I mean, you're looking at what happened to you. You're it's, it puts yes. the focus on what did you survive Yes. versus resiliency, which, which has an implication of, of having gone through something, but yes. it focuses on the continued growth. And so yes. it's a forward facing term rather than a backwards. Yes. Term. So I think that's really a great, a great um, yes. contrast to pull out. I mean, that's, 
yeah, it, it it's important because there's a sense of, you know, if, if we say you don't want your trauma to define you for the rest of your life or whatever, mm-hmm. surviving, it's very, it, it's passive. It's like you said, it's more of a backward facing rather than a forward facing. When you're resilient, you know, you have an understanding that bad things are going to happen probably again mm-hmm. at some point, mm-hmm. maybe not the same thing. We're not saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. We're not saying maybe now as an adult, I have the power to make a different decision. I have the power to say no, I have the power, et cetera, all of that. Mm-hmm. But I cannot promise you, nor can you promise anybody, any anything that tomorrow, you know, my husband won't go off to work and get into a car accident and die. Mm-hmm. No one can do that. It, there, there's no such thing as, well, I've experienced enough pain for a lifetime, so I'm done. That means everything forward mm-hmm. is going to be fine. Mm-hmm. The resilience piece is the the to what extent are you able to grow and to move and to take some sort of forward proaction, you know, create meaning in your life and go and go forward. And that does not mean to forget Mm-mm. or to dismiss or that, you know, you, you don't ever look at that again, that that's what resilience is. It's not about promising somebody it's not going to happen again. It's about mm-hmm. saying, I have the tools to deal with that and I can move forward and I will be hurt again, but I understand that I can probably get up. Yeah. And I can create meaning and whatever in my life. Yeah, and anybody exactly. who's grief will know that. Yeah. You know, um, so that's why I don't, I didn't, survivor to me was just, you're barely, you're just, you're just getting, you're yeah. Just, you're barely getting, maybe that's where you are for a while too. And that's okay yeah. too. Yeah. But those are two different things for me. I always taught it differently because I felt that that was what resilience was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's really a uh, beautiful um explanation of the difference between those two mindsets and i agree i mean there is a there is a place where it's appropriate to use survivor it's not to say that there's not because that yes that really is there are things that happen to people that really take a chunk out of them and you know maybe forever and maybe for a time so it's not to dismiss that as a concept because it has its place for sure yeah. It's just that it is a different mindset. It's a totally yes. different thing. Yeah. And if you're maybe a survivor because you're in constant crisis for years mm-hmm. and years, then that's okay. I mean, there's no, nothing bad about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just making, you know, right, kind of just distinguishing the two as being, maybe they're interlinked in some way, but mm-hmm. but they have their place. And mm-hmm. they and you're right that the idea of being a survivor is significant in its own right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and in the way that people understand it or experience it, but, uh, it water took the water down, you know, I, 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 you know, that's anyhow. Yes. Yeah. Just leave it there. Yeah, no, I love that. And so it's, I'm glad we were able to kind of go into that, that whole concept of trauma a little bit and take it. Yes. And that told that whole, that whole side road was off of discussing, the podcast, which I'm really interested in hearing a little bit more about and, and, um, you know, how, so you've done, you've done a series of interviews with the authors of the, the new book that for anybody who's just joining us, we're talking about the book that is coming out called, uh, critical, cynical, cynical therapies, the anti-therapeutic I'm going to have to look it up again. It's about, it's about social justice and about how anti antithetical therapy. So I love this. I cannot wait for this book. It is. It's, it's great. Okay. Here it is. So cynical therapies. Let me just read this perspectives on the anti-therapeutic nature of critical social justice. Awesome. Okay. Yes. So So Christine and, and Yako are hosting a podcast and so yes. far, and this is not launched yet, right? It's not live yes. yet. It's okay. not live yet. So okay. we're, yeah. So we're, roll, we're just going to roll out these episodes with the launch of the book. The launch of the book is March 6th. We, we hopefully we started a CTA YouTube channel okay. and that's where these episodes are going to be once they're loaded. And so okay. we haven't quite decided yet. We've been doing interviews every week for the past couple of weeks, but you know, we don't, we got to figure that all out. However, when, when it is launched on the channel, what's very exciting about that is that we can use the channel to do live streams and we can mm-hmm. use the channel to post some of your stuff to mm-hmm. Leslie. We can cross mm-hmm. promote in a way yeah, that's awesome. some of the things you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, well, I can't wait for this because I think that it's, it's so needed and I'm so glad that this is going forward. I think you and Yaka are going to do a fantastic Thank you. job. Yes. And so are you, you have, 
a, do you have like a release sort of pace that you have planned? Are you going to do like one a week or a couple of weeks? I think or? we're still, yeah, we're still trying to figure that out. I think it's proven to be a little bit more challenging, the editing process. Okay. Uh, because, you know, it's, it's, you know, we, uh, we're trying to just figure out how, how to, I guess, what pieces we think absolutely need to be there, what we want to let go of that process is, is, has been, I mean, we're just kind of learning as we go, you know, I, even, even so far as the lighting, you know, I will say <laughs> it's that all is of all of that. You can really go. I, that's one of the reasons, I mean, I'll just say, yeah. I don't do any of that stuff yes. at all. I have just yes. been like, you can tell my lighting is pretty crappy. Yes. I I'm not, I'm trying to be better, but it's not, it's not fabulous. And, um, I, I don't know if I would have the stamina for a real podcast. I actually have one episode or one interview or conversation or whatever you want to call it that I need to put out um, that I did. It's a fantastic conversation with a really interesting person. Um, and I did it uh, two, three weeks ago, but I have to edit it. And that's the problem. Yes. I haven't edited yes. a single thing I've put on this, this channel. If I've not liked it, I've just done another take. Right. So it's all like warts and all it's in there. And so this is yes. all very raw. And I mean, I probably would pick up more followers or whatever if I wanted to make things slick, but I just haven't had the interest in being slick. So I can see if you're, if you're trying to package something nicely, there's a lot of work yes. that goes into that. So yes, I can imagine you guys are in it. Yes. Yes. I mean, well, what you've done though, too, is that is incredible. And we do want to get to a point, I think, where we have the option to do just very raw live stream shows. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the, de the, the development of, Hey, let's actually have a, a YouTube channel so we can mm -hmm. upload. Yeah. But yeah, the, the work is in the editing. Yaku is doing kind of mostly all, I mean, he's doing all of the editing, I should say. And, you know, mm -hmm. I don't have that background and he really does. And so it's, it's, uh, it, it definitely is going to take a minute. I don't, but I think I mean, once we get into a, hopefully we'll be able to interview all the authors. We've done, we're, we're probably about halfway through um, all of them. And there's a few left that, you know, we want to try to get everybody. That's the goal mm -hmm. is to get everyone mm -hmm. if we can. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, we'll see how we roll it out or whatever. And, and, um, and what comes of that, but it is exciting. There's a lot of opportunities, I think, for critical therapy antidote that, that, for the organization itself to start to grow and uh, partnerships. And mm -hmm. there's a mm -hmm. lot of things coming down the pipeline, I think that are going to be really meaningful. Yeah. Um, well, I, I hope so. I think it's such a good, it's such a valuable yeah. group. And I, I love that there are people out there concerned about this stuff and taking steps yes. to, to call it out. Yes. So they are. And it's, it's definitely surprising to see how many, I didn't realize there would be so much. And that's actually very reassuring, I think. Well, when you get the podcast launched, I hope, well, and I hope you come back sooner too. I, we can talk again, but maybe we can yeah, do always. another conversation. Always, always. And yes, I love, um, yes, I love what you're doing and I cannot wait love what to you're doing as well. This has been such a gift. I mean, honestly, to me, really such a gift. As I mentioned before, I had really been very, very lost ever since all of this happened. The stuff with, with Antioch, me. with you, with yes. your job and your career. Oh, yeah. yes. I know it's just such a wandering around. Yeah, yeah. totally mm -hmm. lost. And, mm -hmm. you know, I just admire and respect what you're doing so much. And it's such a gift to me that I was able to connect with CTA and also with you personally as a student. I mean, just somebody who really understands what, what was happening there and continued. Mm -hmm continues mm -hmm. to happen and stuff. So I really just, I'm so grateful. So thank you very much for inviting me on, on your, your shows and you're doing amazing work. People absolutely love it. The word is getting out and, you know, things are happening. Yeah, and that's I, amazing. Thank you. I think, yes. I mean, if I, I just feel like if, if more of us start to just have yep. conversations, frankly, like from a yes. place of, yes, from a place of concern and compassion and and curiosity about what we can do to fix yes. things and to make things better, but not from a reactionary perspective, you know, yes. I think that, that we just, it's good to continue that work in whatever yes. way that we can, because yes. I, there's just too much polarization. There's too much, too much splitting, too much black and white thinking going on. Absolutely. And, you know, to whatever extent I can be involved in that. 
while I have the energy for it, I want yes, to do it, but, right. but it is draining. Um, yes, it is to always be in that, that, that mode, but, yep. um, anyway, yeah, I've been really grateful to meet you as well. I am so inspired by what you've done and taking a stand like you have. And I, I don't know if you were able to see is just yesterday, but I, I had a great conversation with Aaron Kinspotter. I didn't get a chance. I yeah, saw it, it was, was just yes, last night. Yes. So you probably haven't had a chance yes. yet, but I, and I'm going to post that video up. It's just on my lives right now, but it's going to go on. Right. And he's another professor who oh, right. has a similar, well, different and similar in some ways. So his experiences, sure. I think that, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to connect with him, but I think I haven't, but I'd love to. Yeah. People who have people like yourself and like Aaron, Mm -hmm. And I've spoken with, uh, there was another Antioch professor who contacted me, but wanted to remain off the record because he has a non-disclosure agreement. So I can't talk about anything out of, you know, respect for that. I won't disclose anything that we talked about, but it was another similar story. Um, And so people who have, you've given up quite a bit in order to have the freedom to talk about what you're talking about. I was didn't a lot actually of, even know there was an end. I didn't sign an NDA. I yeah, did not yeah. have that. Did not it was sign a it. Different circumstance, not, a little different bit. Different kind yeah, of thing. But, okay. But similar, right. Similar yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Wow. Well, I feel very lucky then that seriously that I have been able to just be so open because I've never, you know, signed anything about, Good, about yeah. that. So that's yeah. uh, a blessing, you know, blessing yeah. in disguise. I'm happy to connect though with whomever and uh it doesn't uh you know have to be a public thing but but yeah. even to connect offline you know yeah it's, it's, i think strength in numbers and support it's a lonely it's a, it's just very lonely to do this yeah it is it is and i'm so glad that there are ways for us to talk and Same. connect and that there are groups forming around this so, yes. yeah yeah great i love thank it thank you thank you so much leslie always <laughs> a pleasure and we'll yeah, be too. together soon yes Uh, Definitely.